You're listening to World Found, a podcast about belonging in an age of social isolation and disconnection. This is episode three, Joy on the Tracks. A lot of great stories to help us feel more connected in this episode. We'll be taking a tour of the Colorado Model Railroad Museum and also hearing a writing, a sort of benediction from Seth Willis of the Garage Sale Theater at the end of our show. Speaking of being connected, I'd like to feature you on the show. The Halloween episode we're releasing in mid-October is titled A Graveyard Walk Through Lynn Grove Cemetery, and we'll be hearing stories of legacy from Weld County's history. And I'd love to hear your answer to this question. How do you hope to be remembered? What do you want your legacy to be? You can leave your answer at speakpipe.com slash weldfoundpodcast. That's speakpipe.com slash weldfoundpodcast. Through your phone or your computer, you can leave a voice message and answer that question. How do you hope to be remembered? I'd love to hear and feature your anonymous answers. Lastly, there's a song that plays at the end of the episode today that is available for free download at Weldfound's Facebook page. Here's today's show. Big question to begin with. Where do you experience joy? When do you feel really joyful? For me, I think I experience joy really strongly when I'm creating, when I'm making something. I'll be in a creative moment making music with friends or even as I'm working on this podcast. And when I'm doing that, I have this moment where it feels like time lifts. I wouldn't say time stops, but it just feels like it lifts and seems to fly by. Have you ever had this happen for you? So for me, it's creating, but you know, for you, maybe it's playing with your kids or having a dinner party or working in your garden or getting into your hobby of model trains. I think we all experience this in some way. That's a marker of joy for me, a part of how I define it. Personally, I'm creating and, and hours will pass by and I hardly even notice it and I'm wrapped up into something bigger than myself and I have this just wonderful sense of great joy. Today's episode is titled Joy on the Tracks and in a moment we'll be going to the Colorado Model Railroad Museum and hearing from their director, Michelle Kimpema. For Michelle, joy was such an important part of the experience of the Railroad Museum that she put it into their mission statement. But first, I want to showcase my experience of joy, too, uh, that joy of losing track of time while doing something we love, feel like we're made for. This podcast is several episodes in, and uh, we don't have a theme song yet. So, So I got together with my friend Mary Claxton to write one. We developed like an opening song that's a little bit more serious, but we had an excellent time coming up with opening jingles that were failed attempts as well. Friends, we're going some good places today. Welcome to Weld Found. All right, so that was Mary and I trying to do some different opening jingles in different music genres using the Community Foundation slogan of spread the good, but then also talking about this importance of community. And that was our our blues funk jam. 
Uh, so here's our modern take. sounds real i think yeah <laughs> and then things got out of hand with a punk version uh think here the who or joan jett what if we just did like a shredder you know I <laughs> yes throw some distortion yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah yeah that's what the people want <laughs> two oh one two three four to do the terrible ending. Like we both knew to do the, like the, the, the like, I'm, I'm 16, I'm angry. Yeah, yeah, like. I can't maintain my rage to one fret. <laughs> then the joy continued as we honed in on this more serious idea. Yeah, the serious idea I had, um, I think it was pretty simple. I'll listen to, I had an idea, but it was a single note it just starts with a single person, and then this chord like grows around them, and it's big. And and then that might move. The chords might move a little bit, um, but this idea of, of being alone and then finding its place within. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to try it out? Here we go. Welcome to Weld Found, a podcast about our lone selves finding deeper connection by knowing our community belonging to our community, giving to our community. Made possible by the Weld Community Foundation. Spread the good. I think it's gonna work. Many thanks to my friend Mary Claxton. She's a member of Greeley Band's Trash Cat and The Burrows for helping with that. We now head to the Colorado Model Railroad Museum where we'll hear the trains moving on the tracks and interactive bells taking us into the experience. And thanks to local classical guitar musician Stephen Walker for providing our score. Experience of trains, I think, just speaks to the heart. I think that there's a little bit of railroad in all of our hearts. And whether it's the whistle of a train, riding a train, watching them pass through your community, or just uh, modeling even, I mean, there's so many ways that railroad is celebrated. And so I think all of it kind of speaks to the heart. Okay. Yeah. Do you want me to like introduce myself and all yes. that stuff too? Yeah. Okay. Hi, I'm Michelle Kempema with Colorado Model Railroad Museum, and I'm the executive director here at the museum. And my story of coming here is a story of joy. So I found myself as a single mom back in 2008, going back to UNC and getting a degree, trying to figure out what I'm going to be when I grow up <laughs> at the age of 38. <laughs> And um, I get a job working part-time at a local homeless shelter for families with children. 
and I'm also a full-time student and a full-time mom. So our lives are very, very busy. And the shelter that I'm working at was invited to come here in the summer of 2009 by Dave Trussell. This man out of the blue calls and says, hey, I have this idea. I think it would be great if your nonprofit came out for a Saturday, invite your donor base and the people that love you, have them come to the museum for an event, charge them admission, and you keep it as a fundraiser. That's a no-brainer, cool right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So my daughter and I, my youngest one, Anna, came in with me and we sat down at the little card table that was down in the front of the museum and greeted people all day and my daughter kind of disappeared out into the layout. About an hour and a half later, she comes back and she says, Mom, this is the coolest place I've ever been. Could we volunteer here? And I said, you know what, let's do it. So twice a month on a Saturday, she and I would come here and my other daughter just wanted to read a book with grandma, but my little one just loved trains. And so we came here twice a month and we volunteered and she would dust the gift shop and rearrange stuff and talk to people. And she put in 200 hours in the year 2010 as a volunteer with me so sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> and so just fell in love with the place and um, I ended up graduating from college and uh, Dave said to me you know this place might actually work as a tourist attraction but it would really need someone with some nonprofit experience to take a look at the whole enterprise and I think you're perfect Michelle and I said well Dave I'd love to apply for the job but you definitely have to interview other people because <laughs> there's probably there might be someone better anyway they I did interview and they chose me and so I became the very first employee here in January of 2011 and I was the only employee for about two years and so first we had to fix all of the structural things and make us a proper 501c3 and get everything lined up and here I am today we have a staff of five and we're just growing like crazy and I love what I do so we found joy here during the hardest time in our lives the time we were the most busy the most stressed the most everything you can think of and we would walk through the door on a Saturday and it was just like the sigh of relief like I'm here and this is a place of joy for me and so if you read our mission statement I put the word joy in it our mission statement is to pr provide a model rewarding experience that educates, inspires, and brings joy to all ages. That's our mission. That's what we do. I think we do the joy part better than any other part of it, too. <laughs> so, it may be the inspiration, too. So that's how I came here, um, through the eyes of a child first, to my daughter, and I just fell in love with it, too. This museum was designed by Dave Trussell. It was kind of a lifelong dream for him to build the ultimate model railroad. There was a book written in the 1940s by a man named Lynn Westcott, and the back page said, if I had a million dollars, I could build the ultimate model railroad. Well, Dave found that as a kid and carried that magazine the whole time and said, I'm going to build the ultimate model railroad. And so this that you're looking at out here where you see our giant train layout is plan number seven of 12. He designed 12 different layouts and in the end he came back to plan number seven. Plan number seven has 5,500 square feet of scenery in it. And it was designed to be a scenic masterpiece. And, and at the same time designed to be something fun for the people who operate on it. 
and fun for someone who's looking at it. He did not have it planned as a museum. He had it planned as a thing to play on. <laughs> Something for people to come and play trains, operate trains with him. Like, kind of like the club setting where a club will have an operating session. He envisioned clubs coming to visit from around the country and operating trains here. Well, then it just happened that people kept poking their head in the door and going, what is in here? Just this past Christmas, during the two and a half weeks of the Christmas break, we saw almost 3,000 visitors in here. <laughs> Dave gave us a wonderful gift. So a lot of times when you have a nonprofit that is built by one person and it's kind of their passion and what they did, they have what we call founderitis. They don't make it sustainable before they die or move on. And so Dave made sure that we were sustainable without him before he retired and moved away. And it was the best gift he could give this museum, is the gift of perpetuity. What we do today at the museum is called full operations. If you come on a Friday or a Saturday, you'll experience something that this is the only place on the entire planet you can experience this as the public visitor. There's a few of these in basements around America, but no one does this for the public in the way that we do. So we have a man who sits in an office and he's called the dispatcher. And he has what's called a CTC machine, a centralized traffic control machine in front of him. And it's got lights all over it and little switches that make noise from relays tripping. And this is from the era of the 70s. And ours is actually from 1975. And that's the year of our layout too. And so he's in control. We have a single track main line. So trains are going both directions down the same track. And we have six places that they can pass each other. And his job is to get 14 or 15 trains all on the layout, passing each other and making it all efficient. <laughs> and so our volunteers, who are the engineers personally for each train, have to wear a radio headset and stay in constant communication with the dispatch and follow their signals and ask for clearance to enter the next section and so he's totally in control and it's really cool because he can't even see the layout all he sees is his board and the lights of the trains moving on his board so for him it's a big puzzle. Bravo 6 go ahead over. We'll just follow your lights and we'll be good. Dispatch out. What's that extra noise? What, what is that is it's the relays. This, this originally, each each one of these had relays that switched the switch out wherever it was. Well, that's a recording of the actual re one relay doing its job. A, a real dispatcher could tell by listening to the relay which switch was switching and if it switched completely. Oh, wow. That's cool. I'd like to say that sound is half of the experience when you're here. And this is where we keep our loudest train. <laughs> and it's a 1950s version of a Union Pacific cattle train. And so it's yellow, and then you'll see there's, there's uh, livestock cars. There's technology in these cars that have sound in them, and they're tied to the axle. So when the axle starts moving, it plays sounds that are, that are more uh, angry cow, <laughs> because I just got jerked because the train started, so I'm angry, so I'm gonna move a lot and stomp a lot. And then, <laughs> um, and then when the speed settles and they do a constant speed, they'll slow down and you'll just hear a few little hoof stomps. And then if the engineer changes the speed rapidly again, they'll get all angry again. It's very fun. Do you have 
two signals in the building and they're both from history. One is called a wigwag and so it has a red light at the top that swings left and right and left and right and left and right. It goes back and forth, it wigs, it wags, and so they're called a wigwag. Now, they're awesome for getting your attention as a driver, but they were really bad because uh, people like to shoot at them as target practice, and it became too expensive for the railroads to continue to maintain them when people were doing that. So they actually dropped the wigging and the wagging and went to the two lights that just blink back and forth because people tend to not shoot at that so much. This is 2019, and this is the 150th anniversary of the driving of the Golden Spike to complete the Transcontinental Railroad. Our nation was really developed and settled because of trains, and they're recreating the original scene. I don't know if you remember back to fourth grade when you learned about the Transcontinental Railroad, but there were two tiny little locomotives. One came from the west, one came from the east, one was called the Jupiter and one was called the 119. And they're adorable little tiny locomotives. And they met and there was a photo taken of all the people and they drove the Golden Spike in. <laughs> and it was driven in to uh, complete our country. That's when our country became whole. think that it's part of our heritage. It's part of Americana. Um, I think one of the most telling things that explains it is cabooses. So I'll have a group of kids in here who are maybe 10 years old and I'll say, what's at the end of a train? And they'll say, a caboose. I'll say, what does it look like? Like this big red one we have right here. They know what a caboose is. They know it goes at the end of a train. And I'll say, who's ever seen one on a real train? None of them. It's part of Americana. It's, it's as much of who we are in our culture, I think, as anything. I mean, as baseball. <laughs> and so I think, you would, I think we could put railroad in there. Trains, riding on trains, understanding trains, loving them is the same as loving baseball. It's the same as loving all of those things that make us America. people's stories that they tell us when they come in and a couple of years ago a man came in and he said um, he was an older gentleman he said my family's all coming and they're all coming here today from all over America and this is my bucket list and it was the last time he was gonna see him because he had a terminal illness and so uh, when we found out we we had kind of a huge gathering for them in the front we gave them a, a tour as a family and it was a tearful day but talk about joy and uh, thanks for allowing us to, to spend time here. Oh, thank you for coming and learning about us. We're so excited for our community and that um, you came to do this. Hopefully some more people will come and find some joy here. 
Okay, so during the winter time, the hours are Friday and Saturday from 10 to 4, and Sundays from 1 to 4. Now the months of June, July, and August, we add Wednesday and Thursday to that from 10 to 4. So Wednesday through Saturday in the summertime, 10 to 4, and then Sunday is always just 1 to 4 in the afternoon. Leaving the Model Railroad Museum, I want to close out this episode on joy. I asked Seth Willis to read a piece he wrote. It's a sort of benediction he penned for a radio show of original music and skits called the Union Colony Radio Hour. When I heard it, I thought it was really moving. I wanted to share it with you all. Seth is a thoughtful individual. He's a chemist in Greeley. He's a new father. And he also heads up the Garage Sale Theater, whose shows you can catch seasonally. When we got together to record, I showed him the opening that Mary and I had put together for this episode and this idea of time lifting in moments of real joy. He added some of his thoughts on this before reading his piece. Uh, yeah, it can, it can happen for me in different contexts. Um, certainly when we're working on shows, uh, whether it's rehearsal, performance, or set construction, uh, there are those, those spaces where I think your description of it as lifting out of time is uh, fits. Um, the Greeks had two words for time, chronos, which refers to the measured passing of time. And then there also was kairos, which stands outside of measured time and is sometimes translated as a time of meaning. And as you were describing your experiences, that's that's what what I recalled uh, was, oh yeah, that's that's a kairos. Uh, it's a time of meaning that where you don't necessarily, uh, we're not necessarily conscious of the chronological passage of time. Um, like I said, it doesn't stop, but you are you are embedded in a moment where the moment surrounds you and carries you. Um, so yeah, and those those things happen, uh, fortunately, <laughs> yeah, in the course of all of those productions, um, because there also there's also just the straight up grunt work, and there's all of the other stuff, and I think that that's that's part of what highlights those moments of joy, is because without a contrast uh, of of laboring through something against deadlines and trying to meet obligations to other people and the organization and so forth, that if that weren't the backdrop, then those transcendent moments wouldn't be as perceptible. We close today with this piece, The Tie That Binds, by Seth Willis. Today the sun shone in Weld County for just under 12 and a half hours. Why? Because Weld County sits just north of the 40th parallel, latitudinally. The 40th parallel. To the east, it divides Kansas from Nebraska. But of course, the 40th parallel doesn't stop there, or anywhere. It continues east and west, all the way around the world. So today, the sun shone for just under 12 and a half hours here, and in Madrid, Spain, and Pompeii, Italy, at the foot of Mount Vesuvius, 
and in Thessalonica, Greece, Baku, Azerbaijan, people in Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, people just north of Beijing and just south of Hirosaki, Japan. We all saw the sun pass the same arc across our sky today. We cast the very same shadows. We lived, in essence, the same day. In some sense, we are connected to all those people around the globe who saw the same sun in the same place in the sky. But surely, we are more connected to each other here than we are to the people in all those far-flung places. Surely, there is something that holds us more tightly the closer we are to home. What is that? What defines us as a community? Perhaps we are defined by what work we do, individually and corporately. Maybe we are the sum of our friendships, or the sum of our possessions, our passions, our pasts, or maybe we are what we create. And right now, maybe we are the creation of this moment. And it is not just the people who prepared the content for this podcast, because without you, we are the tree that fell, or sang, or reflected, or illuminated, in the forest with no one to hear. But together, we are the sum of our experiences of this moment. So let us savor that and build on it and feel the embrace of this tie that binds. Special thanks to Dave Farrell, a professor at Ames Community College who helped with the sound engineering for this episode, and to Stephen Walker, a great classical guitarist who lives in this community. Thanks to Michelle Kimpema of the Colorado Model Railroad Museum, Seth Willis of Garage Cell Theater, and Mary Claxton. And thanks for the Weld Community Foundation in sponsoring the creation of this work. For information on becoming a fund holder or applying for a grant if you're a nonprofit, or looking into scholarships if you're a student, head to weldcommunityfoundation.org. Lastly, if you're loving this podcast, please keep sharing it. We are really relying on word of mouth for this important conversation to get out. Our next episode is The Welcome Wagon, releasing at the end of September. Thanks for listening to Weld Found.